He comes for the hurting and the helpless. He comes for the weary and the wandering. He comes from the lonely and dejected. He comes from those who are afraid and without direction. And he says, come to the banquet. Come to the table. So as we're thinking about Thanksgiving and inviting people to our table, I was thinking uh, here uh, this morning, okay, we have our Thanksgiving table set up. And I was thinking over this past year, who are some of those that I've seen? Yes, they've come to our church, but more importantly, God has invited them to something special, and they have received that invitation. I actually want to ask some of uh, those that I've invited, those guests, to come on up here on stage now. And and these are some incredible uh, people. Come on up here. They're going to share with us a little bit uh, about what they have experienced at the table of God. Um, As they're coming, we have uh, Ron and Cindy Marsh, who have just been uh, an incredible blessing. Uh, Personally, they just exude mercy and care. Many of you have been welcomed in. We we have Vlad Ochoa and uh, Ace Anthony coming up here. Hey, Vlad's a grad student. Um, Ace is a a man of many amazing trades. Um, Blessed guy. And then Caroline, who's actually going to be baptized later, right? And... uh, So just really glad that uh, you guys are here. You accepted this invitation. And one thing that I'll say is um, everybody showed a little bit of kind of, well, I don't know about coming on stage. It may be a little weird sitting, you know, just, you know, usually we just do a sermon, a message, but I want you to hear from them a little bit. Um, And so they said, you know, uh, God's given us a story to share. So, and they all said, we'll be a part. So um, let's start with this. How did you end up here in Discovery? And Vlad, let's start, uh, start with you. Uh, yeah, uh, we had, um, my wife and I moved up from Southern California about six months ago, and after about a month of kind of just settling in, we started just visiting different churches, and then of a friend of a friend kind of just told us about Discovery, uh, we checked it out online, we saw that, there, that you guys were going through a series of discipleship, and that's something that my wife and I are really excited about, and so we decided to visit, and we started showing up when you guys were all having your uh, church at the park days, and we got a really good sense that uh, there was a, a really strong community here, and so we stuck around. Excellent. Well, glad you did. Ace, why don't you tell how'd you end up here? Yeah, for sure. So um, my wife, Rosa, she goes to law school out in UC Davis, and uh, that's how it happened. I basically uh, followed her. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's very important that we go to a church where there's sound doctrine and, you know, the, the message is preached and Jesus is lifted on high. And so when she was like, yeah, I'm going to church in Davis, I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I'll trust you. And I trusted her. And here we are. It's good All right. stuff. Last year, you finished your MBA at Berkeley, right? And then you guys got married and now you're here. And that's awesome. So um, Ron and Cindy, why don't you uh, kind of let us know how uh, you ended up here? Well, about 18 years ago, uh, Ron and I came to Davis to be a part of a ministry, Um, and actually two years in, that ministry faltered, and it left us really confused and wounded and discouraged. So five years after that, uh, we experienced a season of uh, drifting and being distracted and uh, some very painful trials and challenges at that time. And 10 years later, we found our way, or the Spirit led us, to go to Capital Christian in Sacramento. And then we had a 10-year season of healing and encouragement. And 
the result of that was just a real opening of our hearts uh, to want to share our faith, to understand and respond to God's love again. So, um, and share our faith with our neighbors, and that's where Ron comes in. <laughs> yeah, one day last year, um, I was in my office, and I just happened to go out to the front yard. And there was one of my neighbors uh, out there in the front yard. And it was very clear to me that um, he was hurting. He was hurting really bad, and he was hurting emotionally. He was crying. And I walked up to him, and I said, how are you? How are you doing? He goes, I'm doing really, really bad. And I said, I said would you like me to give you a hug? You know, I mean, that's a bold yeah. question, but I thought I'd throw it out there. He goes, he says to me, you know, I really do need a hug. Will you hug me? And so I hugged him, and uh, by that time, I was in tears. He was in tears. And uh, I said, would you like me to pray for you in my office? And he said, I, I really would like that. And so I brought him into the office. We prayed together. Um, and then I shared, after our prayer, I, I, I told him how much God loved him and how he was special to him and uh, that he had a plan for him. And I suggested that maybe we get together and we read the Bible together, yeah, beginning in the book of John. And he said, I'd love to do that. And so we set a, we set a time he came to my office. Uh, he started coming three times a week for five months. Uh, we studied through the book of John. We, we, we did a number of different studies along the way, but I started to see him change, and I started to see his countenance change, and I started to see something special happening inside of him because of what he was hearing from the Bible. And so over um, a five-month period, we, we cried together, we laughed together, we shared together. He had dinner at our home many times. Uh, and we tried to love him the best that we, we could love him. One day he said uh, to us, and, and by the way, it was doing me as much good as it was him because um, I really needed to see God using me somehow again in somebody's life. And so he, he said to me, um, can I come to church with you? And I said, absolutely. So I, we took him to Capital Christian, and uh, he really loved it there, but it's a huge church. And, and um, he just felt that it would be best if he was in his own community. And so one thing led to another, and the bottom line is um, uh, we, we, Cindy and I started feeling that God wanted us here in Davis and not in Sacramento where we live. Uh, well, we live in Davis, I should say. Um, and, and so the Spirit kind of started calling us at that point in time. So I went online uh, to check out the spiritual landscape in Davis at this time, uh, and I found the Discovery Church site, and I looked at the postings, and I read some sermons, and determined that this could be the place where we could bring our neighbor, and we brought him, and he loved it. He, he was baptized, and we felt the Spirit telling us we should be staying here, uh, and we stayed. <laughs> so glad that you did. Uh, and just what an amazing story of, again, inviting, uh, you know, not just ourselves, but out there with your neighbor, inviting in. Caroline, how did you end up? 
Um, my story is very different from all of yours. Mm. A year ago, I had never been to a church. So um, I would probably spent about 10 years reading and searching uh, on my own. Um, I had gone to a couple churches in Davis, uh, even Beth Hovering, the synagogue. And I think I'd just gone as far as I could go by myself. And about one year ago, last October, I went to October to visit my brother. And my life's always been a series of just amazing events. Once I take the first step, it's a domino effect. So <laughs> that's been my year. So I would say last October, I'm in New York, I'm visiting my brother, and around the corner is Hillsong. And I had just discovered Hillsong, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I get to go to Hillsong. So I did that, and then the later part of the trip, I'm in Brooklyn, and right around the corner is the Brooklyn Tabernacle. I was like, oh, I get to do that? So both of those were amazing experiences. Uh, I was so impressed. I was so impressed with the people that were there. I was impressed with the message that was there, the worship music. It was more than I had expected. So immediately come home. I'm probably back in Davis on a Monday. I'm online. There has to be a Hillsong Church in Davis. There has to be something <laughs> like this somewhere. So I'm on there, and um, no. Um, so I put that away, and then, you know, the computer takes over. So I'm doing something else, and then pop, Hillsong in Bayside, right? In two days, they're here, Brian and the team, right? And I'm like, no, that can't be. So I pop on that. Of course it's sold out, right? It's in two days. Within hours, I have tickets, and I'm going to see Brian in Bayside. So I go to that. Of course it's amazing. Um, and they had a panel speak, he spoke, they sang, I couldn't believe it was them. And of course, the message was you have to find a local church. So, okay, back online, back looking, um, and found Discovery, obviously through, through that same search that you did. Uh, came here um, immediately, you know, your sermon was amazing, the music was amazing. Uh, and I think I'm here a lot because of two people. Uh, Paul was outside. Paul, I ran up to Paul, is this going to fit? Is this going to be okay? <laughs> and he, Paul just so happens to be one of my junior high students from 12 years ago. Last time yeah. I saw him, he was 12. Aww, and he's Paul. like, oh my goodness, you're Miss LaFlamme. You're going to be great, you know, and set me up with um, a Wednesday discovery group. And that was instrumental. And then, of course, the other big person is Shauna because I went to, the, to one of the women's meetings and she just took me in. So uh, I am so glad to be here. I have been here ever since. Uh, Sunday is now my favorite day of the week and um, I'm just so grateful. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I know over the past year just talking with you, um, You've been just continual encouragement uh, time and time again. Just watching you continue to grow in, in the Lord has been amazing. And I think you're an encouragement to everybody else as much as uh, you would say we are to you. But um, Vlad, let's hear your story a little bit. So I grew up in an atheist household. My dad was, is atheist, and uh, that kinda, I just kind of inherited that philosophy. Um, but growing up, it kind of morphed into this angry, very... Uh, convicted atheism that I felt like the need to to 
help others believe what I believed, right? And so um, I, I, was, I was very busy in my youth uh, trying to reject God and trying to get others to reject God as well. Um, and then I met my, my wife, uh, or soon-to-be wife, and then, uh, well, we're already married, but at that time, <laughs> soon-to-be wife. Yeah. Um, and uh, she grew up in the church, totally different experience from mine. Her grandfather was a pastor. And so I figured that, the bet, you know, we'd kind of just stick to our, our own beliefs and we'd figure out a way to make it work. Uh, but she thought differently. She, she was praying for my heart to soften. And she would invite me to her Bible studies. I would go sometimes. And then sometimes I would go to church with her just to, to make her happy. Um, but through that process, I, God was just kind of slowly infiltrating my heart. Um, we ended up at a church in SoCal, in Southern California, um, where, where they were talking about a 40-year commitment to seeing the city of Compton, California, restored and, and, and reconciled to God. And, and that just really, I was super curious and super confused about, about that message. And I was wondering, what are these Christians are up to? And, and through a series of just discipling relationships and just that experience of being um, connected to that church. And then, and then the calling for my wife and I to move into the city of Compton um, through that process, God just reconciled himself, uh, reconciled him, me to, to himself. And, um, and we lived in Compton for six years before moving, moving up to Davis uh, for me to explore this postdoc opportunity here. And, well, again, so glad of how God moves, uses you, reaches you in one spot, and then kind of uh, we're glad that you're here. Is, but I'm glad that you're sitting at this table uh, with us this Thanksgiving. What about you? Yeah. So I remember as a little kid looking at pictures of myself being Christians when I was 10 months old, and that was about the extent of our Christian upbringing when I was growing up. So even though, you know, high school, I would identify as a Christian, I mean, it was really just a word. There, there was no meaning behind it. Uh, and I actually, when I was in college, I was in a relationship with somebody that also claimed to be Christian, but we were not living by any way, shape, or form, anything that the Bible identifies as a real Christian uh, walk. And so that was my extent, you know, going through college, I was doing the ratchet college lifestyle, the drinking, the partying, the smoke, like everything, guys, you already know. Um, <laughs> ironically, with this um, old girlfriend that I had, I was going to this church, I'm from Connecticut, also lived in New York, and so back home there was a, a church that I was kind of going to to like play the role but not really play the role, but this guy actually was preaching some real stuff, like Romans 10, 9, 10, which uh, was very important when it was time to give my life to the Lord and confess that Jesus was Lord with my mouth mm -hmm. and believe it in my heart that God raised him up from the dead on the third day. When I made that confession, I was in the middle of a party. So did not see that coming. When it was happening, I like looked at my friend, I was like, am I crazy? Like, what's going on? He's like, no, you're not crazy. Just sit down, drink some more. I'm like, I don't want to. Like, there's something, <laughs> something calling me to leave. Um, and I left, you know, I wasn't at an altar. It's amazing how, you know, I did not feel worthy at all to be with God. And when I was even making that confession, I was like, if you even want me, like, because I don't even want me, you know, why would you want me? You know what I've done. And I felt very condemned um, reading Romans 8.1, one, 
<laughs> subsequently found out that I was not condemned because I am walking with Christ now, but it was, it was hard to really understand what that really meant. And I spent, you know, four years, it's not like I'm perfect now, but uh, definitely within that first year of walking with him, uh, just learning through the word what it means to actually believe in him and trust in him and walk with him. Um, when I moved to New York, I uh, found out about Brooklyn Tabernacle, Jim Cymbala, and I was like, yo, I'm definitely trying to go there. Uh, went there one time, went to the sister church, uh, Times Square Church, uh, for the remainder of two, three years where um, I really grew. I had a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ uh, with me that kept me accountable. We walked together, went on mission fields, sharing our testimonies, sharing the good news, um, telling people, like, tomorrow is not promised, and, you know, when you hear that call, just accept it, even if it's in the most randomest places, because it actually will change your life, and it's changed mine. What I love is coming around the, the table and the reality that, I mean, Jesus always called people from different backgrounds and different places and, and calls us together. And just hearing the different stories, I, I know, yeah, it's a picture of where we've all come from different places and God's called us from different places in different ways. Um, and we just get to gather at his table uh, today. And um, not only does he call us, not only does he save us, but um, he wants to use us, right? And I know, Ron and Cindy, your story in coming to Discover is when you received healing from the Lord, and you, you came back here, and God has given you, again, a burden and a heart and a calling for, for ministry here. Why don't you tell us about that? I, we knew that God wanted us back here. Um, he just put that clearly on my heart and on my wife's heart. But he wanted us back here for more than the basics, uh, just to do the basics of discipleship. We had been through a lot, we'd seen a lot, and we'd learned a lot over time. John asked uh, Cindy and I to think about what would be a good spot for us. How could we serve here at Discovery? And we did, he said, just think about it. Just pray about it. And we did. We, we thought about it. We prayed about it. And we fasted. And then I really believe that it's, it's a good thing as Christians to get advice from other Christians. And especially from Christians whom you trust. Cindy wants to. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to say that while that's so important, you know, we just recall the conversation we had with, when God himself spoke to us. You know, it was um, the tone of this encounter was kind of like uh, it, it was um, it was firm. It was very, very loving. I think the kind of tone that maybe a parent might have when you cut the face of your child and you speak some, you set them straight, but you speak life and you look right in their eyes. And so this encounter with God was like this and it was like he was saying, your marriage is the blessing you experience it to be. Not because of random luck, not because you built it right, but purely because of my grace. And he said, this, your marriage is meant to be the most powerful tool you have to reveal my love to the world. 
And he said, encourage others. Um, share from a place of humility mm. and deep gratitude. And then he said, I called you out of your darkness into light for this purpose. And so our story um, is a testimony of how God poured so much grace into a relationship between two people who did everything wrong. Ram was married before. I was married twice before by the time I was 30. I was married once before for 10 years before we met each other. And uh, we're married 36 years ago. And we're still in love. That's, that's important for you. <laughs> so we actually wrote our story down three years ago on our 33rd um, anniversary because we just didn't want to lose sight of God's grace. And we wanted to create an account for our adult children about the unequivocal redeeming power of God in our lives and in our story. Um, so our experience of this transforming power, it just convinces us of what God can do in our lives and our marriages, and it really motivates us to want to believe for changes in other people's lives and to inspire them to trust him, to redeem and change their lives and marriages as well. Amen. Well, as, as God speaks to you, um, I know there's a lot of marriages in this church. There is a need and um, that he wants to use you. And I know that there's people sitting out here that hear that story and say, um, I need some of that encouragement. God's going to use you guys in an incredible way. And so glad that he's brought you uh, here uh, with us. Um, we know how to do it wrong, John. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good, good. All right. Um, Let's just do this to, to wrap up. I asked the question, what are you most thankful for this year? Let me just jump to Vlad. What are you thankful for in Christ this year? Yeah. Um, I'm super thankful that uh, God has given me an amazing job that I love, that, that through that pro through research and teaching, I also get, we also get to experience God's provision for our family. And I'm really grateful this year also uh, just to be a dad. Um, yeah. I get a beautiful picture of, of our Father in heaven. Uh, just with that relationship that I have with my son. And, and it's just a wonderful experience to have God teach me through that process. Amen. Ace, how Man. are you? My wife. Amen. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> happy wife's a happy life. I see you, baby. Um, I, likewise, have just seen God's grace and mercy uh, through my wife. Um, we've been married for like five months now, yeah, going on six, hopefully never ending. Um, it's, it's hard, man, wow. Like I'm a very selfish person and you see that very clearly. Um, and so her mercy <laughs> when I'm hard-headed um, is just astounding. And I just, I see God completely in that when, you know, I am just being super difficult and I'm not trying to stay clear and then you just have this, you know, guide to keep you straight. Um, I don't even know how I could do these past six months alone, just graduating, new job, new everything, um, but she'll just be a very sound advisor 
manager, coach. <laughs> but we are all thankful for Rosa. Thank you for Rosa. Yeah, Caroline, let's end with uh, you here. What are you most thankful for? Um, I guess I'm thankful for this whole year. Um, I'm very thankful for the Sundays I've spent here, the lessons I've learned here. Um, I've been so amazed at the, how well everything applies to my work, to uh, my relationships with people. The transformation was immediate. Um, and it's just uh, fueled more. Uh, I have learned so much. I have shared so much with people. I have found people. I'm so grateful to people in this room that I have found that are on this journey with me and are supporting me and teaching me. Uh, I am mostly grateful for the transformation. Uh, I mean, I also was raised in a family that was atheist. Um, I have a long history of being the black sheep in the family, and they think I'm cute, and yeah. Um, and to finally have found a home, I am extremely grateful. Uh, and really the transformation in my belief, God was kind of out there and not really explained to me. And, and I truly believe the steps and that I've gone through by being here and going to the Wednesday groups and doing the one-on-one and doing a daily reading has deepened my belief. And every little step just grows to the next step, and it just keeps getting better, and it just keeps getting better. And I, my life is different. Everything is different about how I see things and feel things, and there is peace, and there's joy that has just never been there before. So Amen. Very thankful. Amen. Well, uh, let's give some thanks to God. Thank you guys for being up here. Man, what if every Thanksgiving dinner table looked like that, huh? Uh, it'd be different this Thursday. Um, you know, one of the things that really mattered, the people that are around the table. Um, I mean, all, all the people up here are looking pretty good, right? Um, we're good-looking people. But, but uh, when you see what's going on on the inside, I mean, we can show up to church. We can look good on the outside. Um, we can walk in, we can walk out, but when you hear the stories, when you hear where we've been, the church, followers of Christ, all we are is people that have uh, come to the table and heard the invitation and shown up uh, to what God has. You know, it's not only people around the table, but I also think it is very important on Thanksgiving, what is on the table? Um, uh, just practically, I'm all for turkey on the table on Thanksgiving. Um, and that's 88% of Americans, according to the National Turkey Federation, eat turkey uh, on uh, Thanksgiving. 46 million turkeys consumed. Okay, it means that we care what's on the table on Thanksgiving. Um, being in Davis, one time I accepted an invitation and I showed up to the table. I think it was Thanksgiving. Of course, we're having turkey. I showed up and it was not turkey. And that was, that was a hard Thanksgiving for me. That was the Thanksgiving that I learned when somebody gives you the invitation, you say, what's on the table? What are we serving? What's going to be there? And it's an important question for us because Jesus is inviting us to the table. God's inviting us to the table. And what's on the table that he offers? What's on the table that God invites you to? I mean, we'll sit around our tables and maybe this year, 
The circumstances are going to stare you right in the face. Oh, maybe it'll be in the political conversations that are around the table. Uh, maybe it will be um, in the pain that stares you in the face, the pain of your past. Maybe it will be the person that's not sitting there anymore. Maybe it because it's your first holiday that you're away or that somebody else is away. Maybe it's that you know that this is only a brief respite of the stress and exhaustion that you're feeling, and you're limping to the table, and you'll get up and you'll limp the rest of your days. That's what's facing us at the table of our circumstances. But when we look at what God is offering, you got a little handout that has some of what is on the table there. You see, what God is offering us through Christ, what is on the table is peace in the midst of our despair. What he's offering is joy in the midst of our depression. What he's offering is an opportunity to rest, not just kind of to take a nap on the couch, but to rest in him, knowing that we have a hope of the future. You're looking for direction. He wants to give you a vision and a purpose. He wants to teach you. You're wondering, can I grow moving forward? We hear the stories of what is being offered. And God says, come, come to the table. The invitation is for all who will come. More messed up, the better. And you want to know, as a church, I mean, we're, it's not the table that we set up. It's not, hey, what do we offer and this and that. This is the Lord's table. This is God's table that he invites you to come. As a church, we are simply uh, here to kind of open and pull the chair out a little bit. Say, Christ wants you to come. In fact, he said the chair is still open, the chair is not filled, that there's still room at my table for you, for you, for you. And you may be here and you say, yeah, there's a lot of stuff staring at me on the table of my life right now. And you may be looked from a distance like somebody sitting on the couch while Thanksgiving dinner is going on and saying, maybe there's something at the table, but I'm just going to stay right here. Maybe right now it is that Jesus is saying, this chair, this chair is for you. And I want you to come to my table. I want you to come. And maybe you are in the play. Maybe you came and you sat at the table, and some of those stories were your stories, but this year you're not feasting. You're looking everywhere else. And Christ is still laid out before you, the peace, the hope, the joy the help that you need. And he's saying, come, enjoy the feast that I prepared. He said, I'm knocking on your door right now. I'm knocking on your door. And if you will answer, I will come in and dine with you. I'll meet you where you are. And if you're here and you're like, I have those things. And, and your story is, man, I've experienced God's goodness and I'm celebrating Christ. Then give thanks. Worship today. Give thanks in him. There's another uh, scene at a table that Jesus had with his disciples. It was on the night he was betrayed before he went to the cross. There's another table scene. They're enjoying the food together. And Jesus told his followers, in fact, he, he took some bread that was at the table there and he, he broke it. And, and he said to them, this is my body that's given for you. I want you to take and, and eat it. 
uh, when, you, when you come together, when you gather together, because I want you to remember me and what I've given to you. Through my brokenness, I'm giving you forgiveness. Through my brokenness, I'm giving you peace. Uh, through my brokenness, I am welcoming you into the family of God. And he took a cup, and they drank that also. And he said, this is my blood that's poured out to you. All that we have at the table of God is because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And he invites us to come to receive from him, to feast in a way like no other. So right now, we're going to invite us to come. We're not going to come to this table. We're not going to come to our table with turkey. We're going to come to the Lord's table. There's two down front here. There's two in the middle. And, and you take that bread, and you take and dip it in a little bit of juice. And you remember. And if you have never tasted the goodness of God through Christ, there's going to be people that are ready to pray for you. And if today is the day that you want to come and you're hearing that invitation, you're hearing that knock on the door, then come and be open up to the life that God has for you. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the table that you have laid before us. A table that you have set, a table filled with forgiveness, a table filled with peace, a table filled with hope, a table filled with family when we have none. God, you've welcomed us into your family. You've welcomed us to come to you through the gift of your own son, Jesus Christ. So I pray now that we would come, God, for the first time that we would see that there is a seat at your table for us and we would come. Uh, for those of us who have wandered away and we've been not feasting, but we've been chewing on the stuff of this world. That today we would see that as a loving father, you still have a seat. You've set a seat for us. Come back. We'd come back to you, God. That, that we could praise you, that we could worship you, that we could live like never before. God, thank you for your table. We come to you, Jesus. We don't just come to activity. We don't just come to a place. We come to you, Jesus. Your arms are open. You call us to come. In your name, amen. Church, come take communion. Stand and worship. Go for prayer. If you want to be baptized, if that's what God's saying in you, there'll be somebody to talk to down there. He's a tall guy. His name's Justin. You can go talk to him, and, and today could be your baptism day as well. Let's simply come to Jesus.